I would really enjoy getting my hands dirty, blowing up my sleeves. Well, not specifically, but overseeing the whole turnaround of a property to bring it back to a market rents and something that's nice to live in and something safe for the residents. If you're interested in how highly successful investors overcome limitations and become unstoppable forces of success, you're in the right place. The Conscious Investor Podcast features weekly conversations with real estate investing experts and delivers a Monday mindset episode to help launch your week with intention. If you believe success is for everyone willing to think, then do, these conversations will be your weekly rocket fuel. Welcome back, Conscious Investors. As always, I am joined by the most extraordinary guest of all. In fact, actually, I'm completely a million percent partial because this happens to be one of my business partners. And so I am going to be a little more partial to how extraordinary Matt Kontoff is. Some of it, see, I even dropped a last name and I don't normally do that. I am excited because this is a partner. This is somebody I have worked with for goodness, I think a year and a half at this point. And yet he hasn't even been on the show. I mean, I don't know what that says about me, but says he has a lot of patience. <laughs> so <laughs> Matt's going to be joining us. And there's some things that he's not going to tell him because he's very modest, but I'm going to draw it out in this episode. He doesn't know that yet, but we're going to shave off a little bit of that modesty because he's already done like so many extraordinary things in his past career prior to investing. And so let's dive in. You have an opportunity to get to know Matt, and now you're going to see exactly why I've partnered with him. And I'm going to throw one more thing in there, Matt. It was definitely thrown in like over the edge of how, like what a great alignment it is because we're out on due diligence and we're grabbing breakfast. And there was a homeless person just asking like, hey, can, would you buy me something? And Matt did not even hesitate, didn't skip a beat. And this is, if you listen to the show long enough, this is something near and dear to my heart. And Matt just like, just walks off, orders a meal for this person and makes sure the person like has something. And I just appreciate people that just show up in life across the board. And that's the kind of person Matt is. So instead of me talking, how about we welcome Matt to the show formally? Matt, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on The Conscious Investor. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Julie. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. You're embarrassing me. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I already know that about you. I'm like, Matt's not going to say a lot of things about himself and, and things like that, but I am going to draw them out because you really downplay how amazing you are. And so one of my deals in life is I always like people to see where they are. Like you're awesome. So tell us about your past. What did you do prior to in becoming a full-time investor? So for over 30 years, I was a software engineer. I worked for some startups, both went public. I did a lot of great stuff for them. I worked on routing protocols and switching and all kinds of boring high-tech stuff. I actually got a patent through one of the companies and that was kind of cool. Yeah, and, people, um, you hear that? Patent, that's big time stuff. It wasn't I, anything that I was trying for, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, don't play it, don't. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. I, when I told her, my colleague that I'd gotten a patent, she goes... That's okay. I have three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only know a couple of people with patents and you are one of the two people I know who have patents. Oh, okay. If you're listening and you have a patent, you need to shoot me a message and let me know. But during the whole software engineering career, I did real estate on the side. My dad was in real estate. And the first thing that we bought together was a fourplex in Boulder, Colorado. 
and he put up the money and I managed it and that went very well. I was able to get tenants, deal with any kind of repairs, and we sold it several years later for a profit. So that was a nice introduction into real estate and multifamily. Was that during college? This was after college. I was already married with a baby. And yeah, during that time. Okay, that's really interesting. I was literally just speaking with someone in their mid-20s yesterday and made the suggestion because his family, he and his partner want to buy a house, but they're going to have to move for job-wise in a couple of years. I said, you're going to buy something, like buy a duplex, buy a small multifamily, do something like that. And what was that like as you have a wife, you have your first child, and you're living in this type of setting? You have a W-2, a full-time job. And at the time, I was actually teaching skiing on the weekends as well. So kind of busy. And then we actually ended up... So back then, I had a lot more energy than I do now. So... My family tells me I still have lots of energy, relatively speaking. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's just a lot of juggling. Did that give you a taste in your mouth for continuing to invest, just seeing how that worked? Or Yeah, it did. So since then, I bought a duplex here in Massachusetts, held on to that. And then now I house hacked another duplex, which was a great investment. We have a tenant there that just knocks on the door on the first of the month with a check. I love it. Easy peasy. And then also I have a couple of short-term rentals in Vermont where I like to go vacation in the summer and winter and go ski. That's really interesting. And then you're invested passively as well. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I ran into a guy who we, uh, should I mention his name? Sure. Absolutely. He's one of our favorite people. (laughs) Yes. So I ran into Steve Breton at a local meetup in Massachusetts and we started talking about multifamily and I'm just listening and listening and listening and I ended up investing one of his deals and as my first deal. So I was kind of nervous. I did a lot of due diligence up front. Since then, I've invested in five more deals passively. And I really like the investments that I've gotten. I've income, passive income. I don't have to do anything. I just sit and collect. And I actually invested initially in the first four with retirement funds, a Roth IRA or a self-directed EQRP account. Okay. So so there's a lot there. So you have really expensive investment journey here. You've gone from, okay, I joint ventured with my dad and had this small multifamily in Boulder, Colorado, and I was a landlord and I managed it and I took care of it. And then you morph into, okay, now I have quads, dues of house hacks. I have short-term rentals and apartment syndications that I'm passively invested in. What are your favorites? Is there a favorite experience or a favorite flavor of investing? If you were to like really double down on any of these, what would it be and why? I like the passive investments. (laughs) You just set it and forget it and money comes in. And if the syndicator is doing well, they exceed their expectations. And I just got a notice yesterday that one of them is going full cycle for sale at like crazy, at a crazy sale price. So it's going to far exceed my expectations. And I'm just like, yes. (laughs) It's awesome. It's always like the best part right there. Yeah. And share that with my wife and she's like, yahoo. (laughs) That is so fantastic. So when you were looking at investing in your first passive investment, I think you and I have spoken about this before because we've Mm -hmm. both invested passively and it just 
there are so many feelings and emotions and, but how did you go about figuring out what's the best investment for you? Who, why, how, like, how'd you walk through that? So, I mean, the key thing is the lead person that's part of the syndication who's running the show. They have to have integrity and know what they're talking about, have experience. And I called this person's contacts and interviewed and spoke with them. It's what his character was like. Uh, the next step was... Why um, do you ask those questions? When you called them up? Yeah. Like, or what questions did you ask? Like, if you don't mind, I mean, these are good questions for people listening, you know, our conscious investors to say, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. I, I could call and I could ask those questions. I think initially, how do you know this person? How long have you known them? Would you invest with them? Have you invested with them? Do you owe them any money? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, just to get the connection between the two. And it's the feel for the person. Yeah, it's a big deal. I've told you before that my investors always ask, who are you partnered with? How long do you know them? And what kind of character do they have? Being able to demonstrate, well, this is what they've done in the past. And this is what they've demonstrated to me. And I'm confident about the future. It's a big deal. You hit on something that's pretty important to my investors. And that is how long have you known this person? If it's just some guy off the street, well, want to buy some real estate? Yeah, so that's important. The next thing that I did was had a long old friend, actually a friend of my wife's who lived in the area. She was familiar with that area. So I chatted her up. Her dad was in real estate. So we talked about that area and the direction that area was headed. So that was a positive. And then I did my own due diligence with regard to comps in the area just to see what the rents would be or could be coming down the road. Okay, this level of thoroughness that you take, I appreciate this because. I feel like you even 10 exit on every single asset that we underwrite for our team. And so for those of you listening, I mean, Matt and I are partnered and I mean, we're looking for the right investment for you conscious investors. And in doing so, the meticulous care that you take, Matt, in your underwriting is extraordinary. And depth of sleuth work that you go through in order to ensure every single number is correct. And even, I have to say, I appreciate that you even second guess yourself and go back because it's like, it just shows how intentional you are to ensure that this is something that we can depend on. This is going to work. And so it's really honestly an honor to work with somebody of that caliber because some people right now it's investing shifting as interest rates in the market shifts, but some people are kind of becoming a little you know, it works. It's going to work. And you're not like that. You're like, no, no, button down the hatches. Let's make sure all of our numbers are locked in. Yeah. But the devil's in the details. I suppose down the road, when I've got six or eight projects under my belt, I'll be less like, yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out on the back end. No, because (laughs) that's where we fall back on character, right? Is that I don't even think you could do that if you wanted to. I don't even think you could because you have this habit and this pattern within you of, no, the devil is in the details. Let's make sure the details are set up correctly. Yeah. So when I look at some of these things and I'm thinking of my investors, because if I mess this up, they're not going to invest with me again. I just think of what my friend Marty says. He gave me some great advice once. He said, Matt, don't fuck up. I don't have any qualms about telling anybody that. So keep it in there. Exactly. Well, we don't want mistakes to happen. Exactly. It costs everybody. So as you invested, you decided I'm going from, basically you've gone from active to passive 
and now back into active, but in a totally different way. If we think about it, it's completely different. I mean, like small multi being active in that is in short term rentals is very different than active syndication. So absolutely. What made you decide that you wanted to go into active syndication? Oh, so I've been looking into house flipping for a while and learning about how to buy wholesale. And this is sort of a onesie twosie kind of thing. I like the multifamily concept because when you do your renovations, each unit is pretty much the same as the next one. And you can just replicate whatever your updates are over and over again. And it's really easy to install and there's nothing unique about it. So I like that aspect of it. And the economies of scale are much greater with multifamily. Plus, I think I would really enjoy getting my hands dirty, rolling up my sleeves. Well, not specifically, but overseeing the whole turnaround of a property to bring it back to a market rents and something that's nice to live in and something safe for, for the residents. Yeah. It's such a great contribution to the community just by improving any property that is there. So tell us about your active journey. Recently or? However you want to take that, you know? You decided to go into active investing and maybe a conscious investor is listening and they're passively invested, but they kind of have that little itch to go active and they're not sure if they really want to or how to go about it. What was your process like? Well, it was partially my decision and partially someone else's decision. So a couple of years ago, almost two years ago now, I was working for a high tech company developing networking software for a product. And the goal was to either produce our own product or get our vendors to reduce their prices. Well, vendors got wind of our efforts and they reduced their prices. And so we didn't need the project anymore. So a bunch of us were let go. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to pivot and do this multifamily thing full time now. So I read a couple of books, I saw a couple of YouTube videos, and now I'm an active investor. You're like, just like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not that simple. No, 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 no. I went to boot camps. I talked to a lot of people, a lot of meetups. So a lot of networking. That's key. And so since then, I've been researching, getting deals to make offers on. We've made several offers at this point. And we had one accepted, but that fell through. And we we're getting close. We we're like this close to getting our first deal. Oh, my it's, gosh. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you. So we should talk about that. We should share the story of Columbus. So before we do that, though, I really appreciate that. I mean, you always have such a thorough list of, hey, these are all the properties that we've underwritten by we. I'm writing on your <laughs> detail coats there. The, the you know? we, yes, I the get quote that. we, because <laughs> Matt is our lead underwriter and I would say the underwriter extraordinaire meaning I don't do the underwriting, you do the underwriting and walk us through all the numbers and such. But in doing so, I mean, you have this thorough list. And I remember going through at the end of 2021, just reviewing all of the properties that we'd underwritten and submitted LOIs on. And it was extensive. And to think all of those efforts, and we did have one actually accepted and in our favorite, one of our favorite markets, That was a tough call. Should we talk about it? I don't see why not. I don't see why not either. I think I should probably share bits and pieces on like the pain of it because it was like such a difficult decision to walk away after we're out there, we're doing due diligence, everything's lined up. And then to walk away from it, having something in our hands and then to walk away. Like, tell us about what that was like for you and 
what you were thinking. Okay. Well, so, I mean, I was talking to a broker, the broker that had the listing. And as soon as we had the LOI accepted, kind of disappeared. And uh, <laughs> we had talked about getting in early to walk through before signing a PSA, just to get a feel for the, the space and the property. And this was a property with some retail on the main floor, on the bottom ground level. So we were able to find someone to help us open the doors. That was actually very, very tedious because your phone, nothing's being returned. We're getting stonewalled, even though we've traveled to accomplish this. And I'll never forget, we just like drive into the property management company and just like find our way up there and just stood, <laughs> stood there and looked for solutions. And it worked out. We ended up it getting did. in. <laughs> we got in. We toured the place. We found some interesting things, like a couple extra vacancies that were not reported. So that was a bad thing. But we did find more pets than were reported. So that would have been a good thing. And I, we, they weren't collecting all the pet rents for all the pets. So we had the maintenance guy letting us in. We had our potential property manager touring with us. We had potential retail agents checking out the space. Who else? I know we had a little army with us that day. And I'm glad that we did have that. And then ultimately, as we started digging into, okay, this is mixed use. We've got a yoga studio. We end up getting some wind on the yoga studio. Well, they might be shutting their doors down and considering how long it takes to fill retail space and, and such. Yeah. When the retail space, the other second retail space, which was unoccupied, which was, I think that they now call a gray area versus a white area. So the ground was just gravel. It was, there's nothing there. There were like thermostats hanging from the 20 foot ceilings and that's about it. So if that would have taken a chunk of change to actually prep for any tenant coming in. So that was yeah. a surprise. And then the timeline of how long. So really understanding some of the nuances and talking with other investors that we became acquainted with in the area was really insightful. I know I was one of those voices out of the our team of three, our trio, and it's just saying, I red flag, red flag, red flag. Oh, I don't want to be this person. I'm usually the optimist and they're like, okay, we're going to make it work. And I'm like, oh, I don't like all these red flags. And I know we were all discussing it and seeing it. So it wasn't just me at all. So how was that making that decision to, to just walk away gracefully from that asset that we had? What was It that? was hard. I mean, I still like that property. It's I in a growing area. It's a, yeah. It's just got so much potential down the road and it was tough. Yeah. We could see the future. I can still. Yeah. So that's always going to be one that I think that we will look back on as, is it going to be our shoulda, woulda, coulda? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. We could have had that one, you know, Three years from now, they'll be like, maybe it'll be back on the market for some crazy amount. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to like follow that property specifically, but ultimately what was it for you? I know for me and everyone listening, the conscious investors, like investors come first and I think we have a shared thing. And it's like, that was what my sleep at night was. Radar was like, ah, this is going to be really intense and stressful with this retail space that is unoccupied and has to be built out and may become vacant and then would need a new build out type thing. So like, what were those feelings that you felt and what was your determination? Like what kept you on the, okay, we're not going to do this even though it hurts it because it was painful. Well, thinking of the investors and the returns, 
And one of the things that was interesting about this is the bank, when looking at the property, looked at the big building, and then they had the adjacent to that lot was a small building, and they couldn't finance the two of them together because one was a, a two unit, and that's more of a residential kind of thing. So we would have had to have gotten two loans to purchase it. So that that was like slightly more expensive. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was the fact that the rents were sort of above market and there were a lot of concessions at that point. So it just didn't make sense financially. Yeah. Once you start looking at all of the leases, kind of auditing what's really taking place, you get a real feel for what's going on. So again, your attention to detail always pays off. Yeah. Now I'd rather spend a little bit of money to avoid losing a whole ton of money. Yeah. Definitely. And I know we never want to disappoint investors ever, not in the cards going forward. So right now, as we are recording this, we're in the top three offers. So maybe we'll come back and listen to this after it's released and be like, yeah, remember that? Or we're going to get a call this afternoon or the email actually that would be like, so sorry. So we beat out there are like 26 offers on this beautiful complex. We're in the top three. I'm just going to ask you almost like sports. How are you feeling about this right now? If we got it, how would you feel if we miss out by that margin? Because it's only two other people and our LOIs are somewhat similar from what we can, the feedback we're getting. So if we got it, that would be awesome. But also like nerve wracking because it's now we're entering into uncharted territory for us as our first deal, but it's not quite uncharted. We have a property manager lined up. We have a business plan as to what we want to do with the property. So there's a bit of that nervousness getting, getting those steps out of the way. And if we don't get it, well, then we don't get it. And we move on to the next one and good for the people that did get it. It's never over until it's closed by the, the buyer. So that could fall through and we could be up on deck. Oh, it'll be interesting. It'll be. And the, the other uncertainty now is yesterday rates went up, interest rates went up. And so that affects financing. And that's a huge unknown. Hmm. By the time we apply for a loan and get a loan, what are the rates going to be then? Yeah. We're living in really interesting times when it comes to really, truly conservatively underwriting because those interest rates are shifting and they're pretty dramatic shifts pretty rapidly. Yeah. So it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. They've been low for so long, so it's not all total surprise. Right. Yep. I'm going to ask you a question since you do so much underwriting and underwriting is something that many people are always trying to improve their underwriting. What are some of the things that have helped you become more fluent and agile with your underwriting? I don't feel like I've become more fluent or agile, but I suppose, well, obviously practice. And sometimes I've sent my underwriting over to someone else to take a look and just getting feedback in that regard. There's books on underwriting. I just recently read a book on it and it was just sort of a good book to read and sort of confirmed a lot of stuff and taught me some more stuff. The the continual perpetual student. Yes. Always keep learning. Always. Yes. Love it. All right, Matt, as we are wrapping up this episode, any final thoughts? things that people should know about investing, investing passively, turning active, leaving jobs, anything you want to talk about? Oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. I don't know. Like, again, I really enjoyed at some point, I just want to be a passive investor, but that's a long ways away. I really want to see how long and how far I can take the active 
aspect of uh, being an active partner, general partner. I know I'll be good at it because I have the skills and experience and see how that goes. But if you want to set it and forget it, just like you do with your mutual fund, you know, you can invest in invest passively. Love it. I love passive investments. Yeah. I also love serving investors. So until all the investors are served that want to be served, I think I'm going to be active. <laughs> so that's yeah. a lofty goal. Best way. Somebody's listening and they're like, dang, Matt's a details person. I want to connect up with him. Or wow, you have great experience. You're someone I'm aligned with. I want to reach out to you about investing with you in your next deal. What's the best way for people to connect up with you? I suppose you can find me on LinkedIn and my email address is matt at redwingcap.com. Those are the two main ways to get in touch with me. And if you're in Vermont, you can find him at the ski resort. Yes. Every single day. day. (laughs) I wish. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much. I'm grateful to have you on The Conscious Investor finally, but I'm even more grateful to have you as a partner and just your continual relentlessness at always giving your best. So you're amazing. Keep being amazing. Thank you. You're great. I'm glad we finally did this. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoy working with you as well. You, you just bring a, a great uh, attitude and approach. And uh, it really just, it's awesome to watch and be a part of. Oh, thank you. To all of you amazing conscious investors, you can tell from what Matt and I are saying, we don't like to bring adventure into investments. We'd rather have adventure out on the ski slopes or adventure on the mountain bike trails or something like that. So if you are looking for a place to invest, people to invest with that are going to keep the adventure in all the right places so that you can have a enjoyable life, then please make sure you reach out to Matt because he's going to keep the adventure where it belongs so that you can have that peace of mind that you are looking for in all of your investments. Until next time, live big, love bigger. What's the big deal about investing in apartments? Why is it better than investing in a slew of single family homes? I've compiled a lot of information on why investing in a multifamily, also known as apartments, will help you reach your investment goals. Head over to threekeysinvestments.com and download the Why Invest in Multifamily guide today.